0: Thank you for your giving. Just a couple of quick housekeeping things here this morning. Wednesday night, I'm continuing our series on the family. We've been having a great time. I would invite everyone to come out. We've got programs for the kids and for the youth. We've got a dynamic youth ministry and children's ministry. If you're new to City Church, if you're a first-timer, second-timer, third-time, we love you. We are so honored that you're here today. And we have some special friends that came in for Dennis and Janice's 25th Wedding Renewal Vow Celebration. Mike and Lisa in the back of your family, God bless you guys. Actually, they just snuck out of Minnesota because it's still snowing there. And uh, they got to come enjoy our wonderful weather. And we are so honored that you are here today. And uh, the right side of the room once again beats the left side of the room because all the middle schoolers, we have a middle school class that takes place called Element, and they meet at this time. And uh, so you're about even until they left. But uh, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Next Sunday. Uh, we have one of the best dads that I know in the world. to will be with us, Lee Metcalf, and uh, he's a great brother. His daughter will be here. She's 18. She was just licensed with the Assemblies of God. She's going to be sharing what it is to be raised uh, in a godly home. She's going to share for a couple minutes, and her dad's going to speak to us on raising kids. So if you've got kids, your grandparent and your children need to be here, it's going to be a great, great, great time next Wednesday. And then our conclusion to this series of Family Mechanics we're just going to have a great big party, and so the first service and the second service, you guys will join together for a brunch, some kind of well, uh, some kind of brunch thing take place before the service. Your service after the first service, and then the third service, we have a barbecue. A lot of logistics, but we're going to make it all happen. And uh, we are so grateful that you're here today. Uh, this morning, we're continuing our series entitled "Family Mechanics." If you could stand with me for the reading of God's word. Our theme verse, our theme verse for this series is Ephesians chapter 5. And you should have this morning a handout. If you do not have a handout, you're going to need this. It'll just kind of help you stay in touch. But if you don't have a handout, could you lift your hand up? And one of the ushers or one of our young people, we got someone right over here. Just keep your hand up real quick. We want to make sure everyone gets a handout this morning. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 33. Ephesians chapter 5, verse... 33 and the Bible says however each one of you also must love his wife now obviously he's speaking to men okay Paul wasn't gender confused Paul wasn't confused about how husband wife. he wasn't confused it wasn't Adam and Steve it was Adam and Eve and however each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband some challenging words but I believe today God's going to use these words to touch your heart. Father, I thank you today that your presence and spirit has been here in a wonderful way. Thank you for the generosity of your people as they gave freely because they love you. We give our hearts to you today. Now in this area of relationships, husband and wife and family. God, I pray that you'll help us to strengthen. God, I pray that you'll restore. I pray that you'll do the supernatural work. We'll do our part. but God, I pray today that, that as we endeavor to do our part, your Holy Spirit will give us the grace to do what you created us to do. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Here's my big idea. It's really simple today. It's really simple. It could really be boiled down to this, living a God-honoring and mutually satisfied marriage. It could be boiled down to that. I got a little longer, but it, here is the goal. A husband today, we're going to talk about a husband meeting his wife needs. But last week we talked about the wife meeting, the husband's needs. And I was as gentle and kind and tried to, you know, talk a little tenderly. If it was a room full of guys, it would have been a different conversation. And so today, once again, I'm going to be as gentle and tender and kind as I can be. But I want you to hear the heart today. That a husband should seek to meet the emotional, spiritual, and physical needs of his wife so that they may live a God-honoring and mutually satisfied life. The goal is abundant life. Everyone said abundant life. The goal of your marriage and of your family is to live the abundant life. Now, last week, I talked about his needs. And I used this illustration of the love bank. Everyone say love bank. Love Love bank. And um, I want to thank Linda for putting together my love bank little illustration here this morning. But I got the pink for the? All right. And the blue for the? You guys are smart. What a smart crowd. And I talked about last week, I talked about how this love bank gets filled. And it, it really takes time, words, and actions. Time, words, and actions—you know the love, the instant connection. Janet last night when she was renewing her vows, she said, "Denny." She called him Denny. I like—I never heard. I never called him Denny. I call him Dennis. Denny, when I saw you, those eyes, I fell in love with a baby. But I mean, the very first time, it was love. There was a love connection. Well, what happened? That love connection—they physically were attracted, and they saw one. But they started talking and sharing, and—and and there were some emotions that took place that began to build that relationship. And for men, I talked about last week, their need for sexual fulfillment. Every, all, everyone can see this, right? So this is what goes into the, the love bank here. And we talked about the wife's responsibility to meet the needs of their husband. That's what God created, the husband and wife. And the wife has her responsibility in this relationship. And Paul, the apostle, teaches it in 1 Corinthians 7. talks about not defrauding, wives making themselves available. And actually, it's a mutual agreement and submission on that part. It's a very fascinating text. But but there's sexual fulfillment that has to take place in the life of the man. And so that is one of his primary needs. And then I talked about the man and his needs for recreational companionship. Guys just need to hang out with their wives. And... And we, and we gave a lot of illustrations, you know, how it starts off, and the woman just wants to be with the man, and they want to be together. But as kids and family and life and stuff goes on, there tends to be a separation. And the fact is a wife, a man needs his wife with him. And whether it's sports, activities, work, however you guys choose to do that in your family, there's lots of different ways, but you've got to be together. And a man needs that. And then the third thing I talked about was an attractive spouse. And this is really simple. Wives just... Do the best with what God gave you. That's that simple. Just do the best. Listen, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. There was something that was attractive to you that made your your spouse want to marry you. You were attractive to him, or he wouldn't have been married to you. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have you. And so, and so, I just say, wives, do your part. You know, be attractive. Your part, so if it 's losing weight for you, I mean, do that if it, whatever it is in your relationship as you communicate with one another, each other 's needs, take responsibility and do your part and then next thing I talked about was domestic support. The husband needs it, the husband needs his wife to do uh, her part more than her part as a matter of fact, for most women, and the real challenge is in a, in, a, in a culture where the wives work, and many times their jobs are, have as much responsibility, if not more the responsibility, than their husbands. This is a real challenge. Wives have a maternal instinct in them. And so something is going to give, and it's a challenge in a relationship. And we talked about the domestic support. A husband needs peace. He needs to come home and have a sense of peace in his home and an orderly home. And that is a, a big thing in a guy's life. And then the last thing we talked about was respect. This is a huge deal love and respect. Wives respect your husbands. When wives are critical. When wives are critical of their husbands, it just tears them down. Men have big ego needs. And they need to, you, you need to convey to your husband that he's your hero. You've got to speak that. You make a choice to do that. We talked about that. When men feel criticized and their wives speak negatively, they compare them to other men, it makes them feel small. And, and it crushes, crushes that ego inside of them really only the wife can meet and so we talked about respect now today we're going to talk about the wife's needs and and we're going to talk about men's responsibilities and and to help me do that I have three people this morning I have a panel as you can see our, our little setup here we have a little living room set up and so I have a panel I have my beautiful wife Laura Jean Smith she's going to come just give her a big hand and then we have two great friends of City Church and they have been with us for a long, long time. Uh, they w- became part of City Church uh, in our very first movie theater that we rented back in Altamont Springs. And uh, they've been with us ever since. And they're a great example to this church and to this family what it is to live as a family going for God. They just go for God. They're local church people. They love God. They love their church. They love their family. They love the country. They're a great example to all of us here. I'm going to welcome Don, uh, Marcus and Don Goss to the City Church platform. So you can you do that this morning? Thank you. Good job. All right, gets better. Second service gets better. Third service just. So we, well, over the years, um, my relationship and Marcus has been part of our advisory team. We have a legal corporation here, City Church, where we're affiliated with the Assemblies of God, and we have our advisory team, legal advisory team, financial team, and. Uh, Marcus and Don are on that team. They've been with, on the team for many, many years. So our relationship has been close. And we spent a lot of time talking about this area, about our families and our kids. And, and they listen to me a lot. And I've listened to Marcus. And a couple of years ago, I believe you guys taught a class, taught the class love and respect, right? And Marcus was telling me about this book, His Needs, Her Needs, the book that this series is based off. And I just got to tell you, this $10 could save you hundreds of thousands of dollars buying this book could change your destiny if not only you read this book if you start to practice it in your life because one of the most painful things that i have to walk through with couples one of the most painful things that people experience is divorce in their life and the principles that this book teaches really really i believe there's no surefire you know there's no sure proof way but it'll give you the tools and really give you the tools but at least get you on the journey of developing a great great relationship
1: with I wanted to mention on that same um, that same point that um, I've watched Don and Marcus and I've watched Marcus look intentionally at what his priorities in his life were and, and most the uh, first in, in, intuition for a man is to focus on his career but when you look at a big perspective on your life the most important thing is your family and your marriage and you know that intellectually but you tend to focus more on your career. And I've just seen um, this couple focus on their family in uh, specific ways, and that's a lot of uh, what I think they've they've learned as they've gone through, um, in the last two or three years in classes and even in counseling.
0: Um, we're going to talk to markets here for a little bit. Let's talk about this area of affection because men aren't wired. Yet. And we've talked about his needs, her needs, and the fact is we are emotionally wired differently for men, the first emotional need generally in their life, uh, when we talk about affection, uh, affection for a man is spelled S-E-X I mean that's how most men's need is met in that area but that's not how it works for the woman and so let's talk about this area of affection and tell me, I mean have you always been an affectionate person and tell me kind of how you've grown in this area and showing affection, maybe defining affection, what, what does affection
2: mean uh, to your wife and how have you, how have you grown in this area I, well, I mean, I, in, the, in the early years, I, I probably wasn't, uh, I was more selfish and not, didn't even really realize it, um, and, and you grew up as an only child, grew up as an only child, so I had always kind of done what I wanted to do, and, um, you know, our careers kept us busy, and, you know, but we would spend the weekends, you know, th- that was always Friday night it was date night, and we'd go to movies or dinner or, or whatever, but um, in the past several years, uh, I've tried to um, listen to to Dawn and understand her. The money, the movie Fireproof, you know, it talks about um, studying your wife, and I've I've tried. It's a hard class, and um, and um, <laughs> but it's the most important class in your life, right? It is. So I mean, I've tried to do things that I think that she wants me to do. To me, that's what affection means: is for me to do things that don't. Don gets enjoyment and uh, comfort from. Well, Don, talk to us about that. How
0: does that work out? What have you seen your husband do that's that showed affection to you?
3: He's always been very affectionate, um, and some of that I think you learned from your parents. His dad traveled a lot, and his dad always would bring back his mother little trinkets and stuff. So he naturally would do that for me, and, and it was wonderful. Um, and um, but then you know along the way. Sometimes I felt like I didn't need all that. I wanted different things, and um, it wasn't until he. I remember one time he said, "He got a little note. What do you want me to do more of, less of, keep doing good?" And I'm like, "Oh, brother," you know. <laughs> but I thought, you know, why? Well,
0: because it was it wasn't really kind of natural, right?
3: Exactly. And I thought, well, I've been saying something for like many years, but you know, I gave him the grace. I, I said something, and he really, and it was something. I think it might have been like. I wish you'd rub my back more. And he just became this little masseuse. I mean, like it's just like a little three-minute massage every night. But, I mean, it told me that he was listening. And wow. it wasn't even that. I didn't know. I, it reminded me of the golden rule, you know, do it others as you would have them do unto you. Except in a marriage, I think it should be tweaked to do meet that person's needs like you want your needs met, meaning your needs. So you don't have to, you know, you can do something that you think is, good and with the best intentions and you know can backfire on you so it was was studying
1: men and women are so different Mm -hmm. that's why you have to study the needs of men Mm
0: -hmm. and the men have the man has to study the wife so naturally I mean that's not a natural thing so talk about some of the challenges working through this area of affection what did you what did you do
2: well I don't like to read a whole lot but I have read a lot of books on marriage uh, because it is important to me and i and i have tried to be intentional about it and i it was modeled well for me with my parents um, but you know i just i do my best to do little things on a regular basis and not just valentines or christmas or, okay
0: so just you're really intentional about leaving notes and and stuff like that yeah and you probably should tell us kind of the sounds oh, i'll tell yeah, you yeah. Yeah. we want to hear <laughs>
2: we want to hear inquiry minds want to know <laughs> sorry yeah, I mean, I do little things like... Um,
1: tell us about the cruise. Okay.
3: Let me tell you something, because he won't tell it as good. Um, I, I want to brag on him.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, he's always taken the time to plan different things, and believe it or not, I'm probably, like, the hardest woman to live with. And um, But I it was like, he would do, like, surprise getaways, and it really, as bad as it sounds, it would stress me out, and I did not enjoy it. It was so much effort because I didn't know I would f- be freaking out about the kids and where they had to be. And so, and I don't know if it was, well, I don't think we knew we were talking. I thought maybe he's doing this because of this, but he just tweaked that a little bit. And um, it, and it told me he listened. I said, I would just like, you know, he went and had the kids removed and we stayed at our house and it was, they were in a safe place. So I wasn't thinking and guessing about this and that and just something as simple as that. He's always done you know planning surprises and um just being real intentional and i guess you know for my kids sake i always tell them i hope the girls get someone as wonderful as their dad because he is just so intentional and i, I just feel wow. very so lucky you're, really,
0: you're, you're just you're intentional about being focused yeah,
2: and a few of the little things that I do, is, and I most of these aren't original because I'm not creative and I, I can't write poetry. You read, the, you
0: read it <laughs> in the book, man.
2: But, I mean, I do little things like I read somewhere, you know, you can write a note to your wife on the mirror. And uh, so you get a dry erase marker and you can do that. And so I did that a couple times. It's not one of her favorites, but uh, <laughs> she appreciated it the first couple times. Uh. <laughs>
3: i had to clean it every day
2: (laughs) Uh,
0: there we go let's talk about our next area of of intimate conversation every woman needs intimate conversation and let's talk about how that works Uh, dr harley in his book talks about relational killers and the fact is is that this area of communication is kind of the it's the cement communication would be the cement or the foundation of a healthy effective relationship between a husband and wife and he, he actually lists three things making demands uh, being disrespectful and showing fits of rage and anger, so those three things really become huge. those are deposits i mean those are withdrawals out of a love bank and so let 's talk about this area because you guys i mean i 've been around you I know you guys you're, you got a normal you got a normal marriage i mean you 're working through stuff and and um, and we're not trying to paint ourselves as any kind of like we're perfect in this area. We we know that we're all growing in grace. But talk to us about your area, of, this area of conversation and communication. What are some ground rules that you guys have laid in your life?
3: Well, I think for me as a woman, um, trust is very important um, and and honesty. And early on, um, we decided we would be open and and sometimes. Um, there would be maybe some things that he didn't reveal to me and just because you know i don't know feeling guilty or, or whatever and but we work through those things and and i would say that's very foundational um a, a woman wants to know that she can trust him with her intimate thoughts and that he will return that and i think you had said earlier that a lot of times a man is going to think his wife is going to blow up but um for me i it's just the opposite. It shows they're open and that they've got your back. And you know, and if if you're not going to, if he's not going to talk to me, he's going to be talking to someone else. And you want to be the the source for all of his conversations, not you know his mother, a girl at work, or or anyone. And um, I think that's helped us in communicating. What do you think?
1: If you could talk about the opposite side of that, you know, women have so many more words in them than men do that I think it, in order for a relationship for be, to be fulfilling for a woman, um, a man has to intentionally have conversation with his wife every day. Talk about that.
2: Well, fortunately, my wife speaks very fast. <laughs> no. Um, but she does. And if I can, what I've had to learn to do, and I still struggle sometimes depending on the subject matter, she will be talking and it's something that, you know, a problem with the car, a problem with whatever, and I'm, I mean, I'm thinking, what do we do? Okay, that's, let's do that. But she wants to get it all out. and she just want to fix it. And if I'm not careful, you know, that's very frustrating to her, and it ends the conversation, and then I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm trying to re- trying to recover. Um, not that we get in a fight about it, but she just quits talking. And um, so I try to try to listen and be ready to listen when she wants to. She doesn't. because women need to I try to be pretend and that is a challenge
0: because we we're fix-it guys and you're a fix-it guy and i we've talked and we've had conversations about stuff and and you really like to analyze and think it through and and so you want to fix it
1: and And i think that their balance is is fairly traditional male female where he has fewer words don has more ours is the opposite eugene has so many words i have lots of words (laughs) That I've this has never been a need of mine. In this, fact, if anything, I just need to feel alone. Yeah, she wants. I need to process all the words he's spoken through the day. You know? <laughs> that's true. So every every couple's a little different. It's not going to. Yeah, be that's what
0: that's what when you read a book, you got to know we're not all the same. I mean, I really have a lot of words, and I was reading, I was reading, I was reading this book, and he was talking about most women, you know, they'll want to talk to their friends for hours and be driving around the road and calling people, and but guys don't do that. And I'm like, well, I do that all the time. I'm calling guys. I mean, that's when I do. I call it windshield time. That's when I talk to my friends around the country when I got time. And, and so we're all wired different. So knowing how your spouse is Uh he he talks in the book about he talks about the way that this conversation goes and how it has to happen in a relationship. He said you have to spend as much time you have to spend as much time that you spent getting into the relationship to keep that relationship going. And he says that's like a minimum of 15 hours that a couple needs to spend together. And what do you think about that? I mean, what do you think about spending 15 hours with you? Is
2: that possible? Can can you guys do that? And does that really work? Well, when you, when you sent that over, I was like, oh, man. And I started really thinking, because um, I do feel like we spend a, lot, a fair amount of time together. But um, we probably are close to that 15 hours or so a week when I'm not traveling with kidless. Um, it's probably not super quality time in the sense that we're not having deep conversations. We're watching the news or... You know whatever she wants to watch that's sort of our nightly ritual once the storm calms down from the kids um which i kind of help get them in the bed and then whatever she wants to watch typically that's what we watch unless it's some major sporting event but, that's great, that's but, great. Uh,
0: yeah yeah so it really is important isn't it? um and communication in relationship to your kids how do you guys how have you handled that you know the way you discipline your kids how did you guys talk about that in your relationship
2: well, um, you know we uh, we and
0: talked. You had the, did you have the same philosophy about raising kids when you guys first got married? I mean, how did how did pretty
2: you... pretty much, but from two different viewpoints. Dawn comes from a family of five. I'm an only child, and um, I was a very compliant child, and um, so we had different different discipline. Uh, Thought processes, but as we didn't talk about it a whole lot before we had kids But as we've had kids we've talked about it a lot and and you know, I try to be as consistent as she is But she's certainly more consistent.
0: All right, so in the communication factor. Well, you got something to say. I'm ready (laughs) She's ready. (laughs) I mean when you're communicating, I mean is it a sort is it ever source of conflict or you know uh, tension in your relationship with with the children
3: Definitely You know, the same book, His Needs, Her Needs. It was the first marriage book we met. We went to marriage counseling at five years, and I was like, oh my gosh, we're ruined, you know, like how embarrassing. Best book we ever read, truly. A- a- any book, it- getting information. You think you know everything. And, um,
0: well, just, I mean, tell me, I mean, you guys went to counseling. That's, that's pretty, I mean, it's humbling. And it's also, thank you for sharing because well, sometimes we feel like we're the only ones in the room that have a problem. And that's just not true. That's really... That's how the enemy keeps things in darkness.
3: You know, um, there is... Um, you can't just live off of love. I mean, marriage is a work in process. And um, and there's a lot of give and take. And, um, and uh, you know, it sounds... Usually it's your own fault. So when we first went to marital counseling, I was like, yes, they're going to fix my husband. And, um, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't that way at all. It was, you know, it's usually... Um, you know I I think about of a lady that when I was a little girl her husband never came to church you know and we read about Christian martyrs but there you can you can do a labor of love and to, to see you know her husband was gone all the time and doing things he shouldn't be doing and she was a Christian martyr emotionally her needs were not being met and she had to find first of all it's having you know God as your source and then and then, using the, the tools and the wisdom, the, the church counseling books to get that and, and talking. But, I mean, That's good. you have to lay it all out there open and, and do simple things like, you know, a lot of the books will say, ask your spouse these questions. And you you, you do that. We still have the papers from where we did that. And we'll look back some, some questions. I'm like, we did this 20 years ago. You know, some we've worked through. So we are a constant work in process. And the Lord can bring glory to that if you, you know, you get in that shower and you first truly, he knows your heart. He knows if you're going to try to meet your husband to get your own selfish desires or you're like, God, mold me, teach me how to meet his needs, and he'll do that.
1: No,
0: that's really good.
1: Fine. Much of it comes down to selfishness, too. But um, one of the needs of women is domestic support or support at home. And I know that all the couples that have kids, um, the, this couple has three kids involved in JBQ, dancing clubs, all kinds of things. Busy business, busy life. Um, But a woman has a need, even if she's a stay-at-home mom, to feel that her husband will come into her world and help her. And um, sometimes I see the picture of of a man working all day long and then putting on a servant's, like a servant's smock that they they would wear around their waist to come home and serve in another way. So Marcus talked to us about, how you that's
0: serve that's home? It's not you know, natural when, at when all. Guys it's come home, want, shh, Totally remote control. You know, chill out.
2: Well, I mean, kids have actually helped because, for me, because it's not natural. And um, I'm before kids, I was probably really bad in this area. I'm, I'm sure. And uh, but post kids, our agreement kind of was from Peyton on, you get the kids ready for bed. And so that's what I've done. I've done their baths. And, you know, it was, it was good time for me to spend with them as a dad. And it gave her a break because she had been dealing with that all day. And um, in the past few years, I've tried to find things that, um, they, you know, doing the, having the kitchen clean before you take a break is very important to Dawn. It's not as important to me. And, you know, for years I said, I'll do it before we go to bed. But she was miserable in the time from dinner until she knew I was done. And I finally learned that. And I don't do the dishes every night, but I will after dinner try to do the dishes sometimes and have it done instantly so that she can truly relax as well.
0: That's it. You guys started a business. How many years ago did you start your business?
2: It's been uh, about 11
0: years. Okay, so money. Talk, talk to me. A talk to us. <clears throat> that and how you communicate the value and and how you see money and and how that affects your business and then how it affects your relationship
2: Um, I mean for for us it was a very together decision that we made to go into business and um, I had a pretty good job with a company enjoyed what I was doing enjoyed the people that I was working with but it was really the Lord that spoke to me in a a service and and I felt that the only way that I could do what the Lord was telling me to do was to start a business, and over a year and a half, two-year process, and you were part of the uh, the tail end of that process in talking through. Um, I went to Dawn, and what was the most important is that we did it as a couple. If we were going to go into business, I wanted her to be with me through the good or the bad, and I was going to be transparent about whatever's happening in the business, and in in a know years before that we had done I had gone into business and I say I because it was kind of a we and we prayed about it but she wasn't a part of it in the sense that I didn't tell her much about it because it wasn't doing very well and it ultimately failed and but when I knew that she had my back that no matter if our business succeeded or failed she had her back had my back she was gonna still love me no matter what then I knew it was did you hear that? He knew that.
0: Come on, that's good. She had his back.
3: And, and, and I'll say, wow. um, as a woman, you know, one of the needs was financial security. You know, as Christians, we don't always, we know the Lord's going to provide. We have that mindset. Mm-hmm. But it, it was important for me to support him. But at the same time, because he was so good at being a committed husband and meeting my family life's needs, whether it be his own business or his job or career, I could support that. And I can see, you know, it, 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 there's, there's like a, a balancing act here. And when one person's need, it kind of sets it off kilter. So it was easy for me to support him in that because he was doing, meeting my needs at home or as a wife.
1: That's
0: awesome. Hey, I'm going to go ahead. If you guys just stay here, I'm going to go ahead and finish this up. I want to talk to us for about 10 minutes. I'm going to wrap this whole kind of his needs, her needs up. And uh, if you guys could just bring this pink box back up here, that would really, really help me out appreciate that. Thank you. Can we give this panel up here a big hand? They did an excellent <laughs> job. And there's so much more to say. I mean, there's so much more to say about relationships. There's just, we have, you know, a limited amount of time. And the challenge for the husbands is to take their wife as a class and <laughs> learn about their husbands. It's it's a mutual partnership. They both have res- a responsibility in this. And uh, and we talked about the man's needs last week, about the sexual fulfillment, but the wife has a great need for affection. And it's it's the way God's wired. Him. Can you put the verse up there for me? The affection need of a woman is huge. And the Bible says for husbands, husbands, I love this in the Amplified Version, husbands, love your wives, be affectionate and sympath- sympathetic with them. And that means you have to listen. The challenge the challenge for men is we hear the problem and rather just empathize. and We want to fix the problem. And sometimes the spouse just wants to communicate. The wife just wants to communicate. And so husband being affectionate and taking the time. Here, if you're a young couple, don't think you got this figured out. Don't think you have this figured out. I, my wife said, you have adult ADD. We taught this class five years ago. And I'm thinking, I know, but I was full of pride. I just got to tell you, I, I, the times pass in my life, I look, my marriage is good, but I got to tell you guys, I'm like a babe in the woods. 25 years into this thing, and I realize I have so much to learn about my wife. And I need to take my wife, I need, and she's my class, and for the rest of my life, if I'm going to have the best of my life, I got to make her my number one priority. And a lot of times that hasn't happened. A lot of times this right here, what's happening today, has been my priority over, over my family and over my wife. And showing the affection. Uh, if a husband wants his wife to have sex with him, he's got to be affectionate. And, it, and, and not be an affectionate on the day that he wants to have sex. And that's a big problem. I mean, that's a, And all the women said, Amen. Yeah. They'll be shouting me down, get the hankies out. We'll have church in here. And so wife needs the husband to be affectionate in order for her love bank to be filled up. And then the wife also needs for meaningful conversation. Has to have meaningful conversation. That means we have to listen. This whole idea—I can go out and hunt and fish and do whatever I want to do—and she's gonna be all right. And maybe she'll come along. And that's dumb. I mean, it's as dumb to try to do your life without your spouse. You are—you are heading for a train wreck. You're heading for a train wreck, and you might not end up in a divorce. Many people do, but you might just end up living hell on earth. It's supposed to be heaven on earth. Because that's what Jesus prayed. Most couples live hell on earth. And they just get along. They just exist. Most Christian couples, they never figure this out. The men are full of pride, and the women are whining and complaining, and that doesn't work. The whole thing's screwed up. Get humble before God. Pray as a family, pray as a couple. Just get this. You can do this. Young couples do this. You've been married 40 years. You still got. And the older people get, the more you realize shoot, man, I got a long ways to go. That's it. Is too bad. If you could just take everything you know when you're at my age and just shove it down into a 23-year-old body. You'd have the whole world figured out. But you have to live life, and that's what experience is about. And so, life needs meaningful conversation. It's a huge piece, huge piece, because we don't speak the same language. I mean, it is the cement, isn't that right? Conversation, correct communication, and how we communicate. Not communicating. When you start communicating with rage and anger. And you never, and those kinds of things, bam, all conversation's done. And the relationship doesn't grow. And then it goes to the D word, as Dennis said last night. And it's not damn, it's divorce. And a, a divorce is way worse than saying damn in the pulpit on Sunday morning. Hear me today. A lot more pain. Oh, it's shocking, but let me tell you, when they end up in my office, and by the time they're talking divorce, it's almost, almost always it's already either happened or it's just the next step. And t- it's painful. And this whole thing, it doesn't hurt the kids. That's a bunch of bull. It's a lie from the devil. It hurts the kids. It hurts the grandkids and blended families and trying to manipulate and move and this and that and all. It's just not the way God's plan is. It's not. And so uh, we don't want that. We want to live the abundant life. And everyone said amen. So husbands, you got to spend time. Honesty. And it's the way I, I i relate this one with honesty and openness, there's just no secrets. There's no secrets sexually. There's no secrets emotionally. There's no secrets about your past. I have a friend of mine. His wife just found out. They've been married for 40 years. His wife just found out that he had another child by another woman 40 years into the marriage. That's a secret. That's, everyone said that's a problem. Oh, we got secrets. We don't think. Your wife already knows you ain't perfect. Get off on down your high horse and be open. Be honest. Be transparent because your wife wants to help you. She got married to you for a reason because she wants a better life. And so be open. Be open and tra- We have secrets about our, pa- about our past. We don't have secrets about our present. Get it out. You're struggling with an area, and, and most guys are struggling. Just get it out there. Have a straight conversation. Your wife isn't going to fall apart. She loves you. She's for you. Now, there's some wives that are immature, and they don't have it all figured out, and they think their husband shouldn't have a problem. And if that, you think that about your husband, you're wrong. Because your husband's got issues because we all got issues and everyone said amen. Okay, oh, 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 hang on, hang on. We have issues, but we don't stay stuck on our issues. We don't stay stuck on our issues. This whole line, well, I got issues, big deal. Get over it. Go Go to Lowe's, buy a ladder and start trying to climb over that issue and everyone said amen. That was all for free. Love, love makes the world go round. Amen. Financial support, uh, guys, you know, whether you like it or not, the Bible says that a husband is to provide for his wife. And if you choose as a couple, wife works, great. We live in a culture today where women are doing better in school. Uh, You know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, in in a class of doctors, there would be 25 men and 2 women. Today, it's it's like 20 women and and 5 men. I mean, women are climbing. It's a fact. Women are climbing up the financial. Women are climbing up the business, the corporate ladder as fast or faster. Because women just generally are more diligent than guys. And more guys tend to be BSers. And more guys tend to think they're going to fix it with their machoism. And women just get in there and they work hard and, and they do their job. And I, I like to hire women on our team because they just think and work hard. The hardest women, the hardest workers in our church are women. You know, Pastor Dan, he's taking offense to of that. But, but, <laughs> but he knows it. I know it. they just got their little list. And girls are lists. And they got all their lists. And And guys are like broad, spatial. Guys, listen. Listen. Do yourself a favor. Don't just settle, man. Keep striving for excellence. Keep striving in the marketplace. Keep going for God. Come on, keep desiring to do better for yourself and for your family. Desire it for your family. If not for you, you don't care about money. That's a bunch of bull. Come on, everyone wants just a little bit more. There's that new fishing rod you want to buy. That's that new gun you want to buy. There's something. You know, your car breaks down. You don't have enough money. That's a problem. Everyone say, that's a problem. All right, so this whole financial security, it's a big deal for women. Guys, you have a part, and your wife works. That's great. But don't expect that that's her primary responsibility is to bring home the bacon to you. No, no, that's silly. That's my take on it. That's all for free. And then the last one is family commitment. She needs that family she needs to know you're the spiritual leader Ephesians 6 in the amplified version says it like this Fathers do not irritate and provoke your children to anger King James says don't provoke them to wrath and a lot of times kids go sideways because the fathers have not done this the fathers have been provoking challenging harsh with their kids do not do not exasperate them to resentment but rear them tenderly in the training and the discipline and the counsel and the admonition of the Lord. Dads, you have a responsibility to live a godly life. Deuteronomy 6 lays the whole plan out for the family, for all families. Deuteronomy 6 just says, Dads, you teach the children. It's not just the woman's responsibility to teach the child spiritual things. Dads are going to do it in a different way than women are. But dads, you have a responsibility to communicate values. You have a responsibility to communicate morals. If you're crooked in your morals, your children will be crooked in their morals. You have a responsibility to discipline and train your child. Discipline, not be, not exasperate, but to train and to discipline. And that's a whole different conversation. But women need a deep commitment. They need a deep sense that you're committed to the family. You're committed to doing your part. And that takes work. It takes work on the part of the men. I love you men. I believe in the marriages in this church. I don't want to see another marriage in our church end in divorce. I hate it. I hate it. It drives me crazy. I feel like I'm a total failure as a pastor. And then I realize, you know, I can't stop what people do. You? I, but I can encourage you today. I can coach you today. I can believe in you today. I can tell you that not only does God love you, but I love you. And this church is a hospital. And if you got an issue, man, we are on your side. We are for you. Don't. Most people they're afraid. Well, I can't talk to pastor because he might think lower of me. Listen, I got my stuff and you got your stuff And we're working through this thing together We're going to get to the other side And we're going to say, hallelujah, we made it We made it, we made it, we made it Come on We all come to the cross the same We all come to the cross the same way In need of a savior In need of grace In need of the great, you can't do this You can't do this, it's not by your might It's not by your power It's not just getting knowledge Knowledge is the first step that knowledge has got to get into your heart so that you can walk it out and live it out in your daily life. We talked to the men today about meeting their wives' emotional needs. And this is so fascinating. Because when we have a bunch of healthy marriages, we're going to have a really healthy church. If we have healthy marriages and then we're going to have a bunch of healthy kids and a bunch of healthy families. And then the Bible says the righteous grow brighter and brighter until the coming day. The righteous grow. The goal is to get brighter. Y'all, you, the past is behind you. Today's a new day in Christ Jesus. I want everyone here to close your eyes. I just believe today God's grace is here. And you know, man, you're here. You're, uh, man, you're here today. And you know that you made some mistakes. You need to do your part. You need to get humble. You need to humble yourself. You need to go to your wife and ask for forgiveness. And, and even, you know, asking God for forgiveness is important. But until you ask your wife, that, that wall's still there. You got to go to your wife and then do your part. I'm going to pray that God's grace help you today. Wives, women, you're here today. and Your husband's not in church and your husband's on a different page spiritually. I'm going to pray for you today. I'm going to pray that God give you the grace. God give you the grace to do your part. To do your part. And just believe that God will do his part. The Bible says that God will restore the years that Satan has stolen. The Bible says it, And I'm going to pray today that God does some restoration in this church. I'm going to pray to you that God helps marriages take the next step in Him. If you're open to receive this, just take your hands. And I want you to just place them in front of you. Just place your palms right in front of you. You're single today. Listen, you're going to need this. You're, going to, you're not going to get all this today, but you're going to get this at some point in your life. You're going to need these teachings. And I pray that God puts this into your heart to be the best single you can be. Father, I thank you today for your grace. It's truly amazing. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Lord, that we recognize we're wired differently. We were created in your image, male and female. And God, we have needs emotionally, spiritually, relationally. And I thank you that you created a husband and wife, a man and a woman to come together to be one, to meet one another's needs. And ultimately, we know that you're the glue. We know the Holy Spirit, you living inside of us, is the glue. That we can't do this on our own. We need your grace. And with open hands today, we receive your grace. We receive your strength, your Holy Spirit's power. Holy Spirit, you are here to fill. You're here to heal. You're here to restore. And God, I pray that you'll restore right here in this room. Restore marriages. Help us to take the next step to grow forward in you. We love you, Jesus, in your awesome, and mighty, and your wonderful name wonderful name of Jesus. Can we give Jesus a big hand clap this morning? (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can stand with me this morning. We're going to declare this as our anthem. We're going to sing this as a declaration today. We're going to make this our anthem that God is with us. Come on, let's worship him as we're